Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. So I was having a conversation the other day with Emily on a group coaching call for one of our paid communities. And she giggled the first time I told her this, but I heard this in a recent talk I was listening to at the Global Leadership Summit. Danielle Strickland was talking all about the fact that we have these deeply rooted beliefs and that we are much more like trees. <laughs> if you guys have been listening for any length of amount of time to this podcast, you have heard Abby's analogies are plenty. Usually they're around cars or hamburgers. No. I'm very (laughs) intrigued by this new nature theme of analogy. I didn't make this analogy. (laughs) Just for the record, this is not my analogy. I didn't make it up. (laughs) I I am passing on the knowledge I gained at this talk because... It really blew me away. And here's why it blew me away. Because generally you hear, I'm sure you've heard a version of this before. Trust. I guarantee it, in fact. But the thing you may not realize is how effective this is. When I heard how effective this was for a community, I was blown away. So Danielle Strickland is actually a social justice advocate, and she has worked a lot overseas, uh, specifically in Africa. And she went into this community and she started questioning people because within like a matter of months, this community had a 60% drop in domestic violence, which... And they tracked that by what? Like less calls to the police I'm or like- sh- I'm not sure the exact way they tracked it but either way regardless of if it was it had to either have been like disturbances where other people were involved or hospital related things I would imagine but we're also in Africa so like it could have been an even like less official way but nonetheless 
dramatically changing the behavior of an entire community in a matter of months is pretty unheard of. And so she started questioning the local men and women to see what was happening inside the community. And obviously she wanted access to whatever education they were dishing out. Like, what are your pamphlets? What are you teaching? Like, what are you telling other people? Like, cause if you can do this here, we should be able to replicate this anywhere. Right? Like that's the whole thought. Well, she, like many of you sat down with someone and the moment he said, we're a lot more like a tree than you think we are. <laughs> she was like, okay, like, what are you talking about? But hear me out on this because this analogy helped someone change their entire life and impacted their personal household. And then he taught other people to do the same thing. So, and then I have a very similar, so it's reminded me of this podcast I listened to like a year ago and it's a very similar story, but like completely. So I want to have my own version of this. Yeah, too. absolutely. Okay. So imagine you're a tree okay, <laughs> and you have fruit on your tree and you have fruit that I'm sure is beautiful and plentiful and growing and you're proud of this fruit, but you also have fruit on your tree that maybe is rotting a little bit or is something you're ashamed of or something you're hiding or something you wouldn't want the rest of the world to see. We all have rotten fruit, okay? But the point is this person decided to look at this rotten fruit and make a change. And the only way he could make the change is if he went through the whole system to make the change. So every person has values. We can all agree with that, right? In this scenario, our values are our branches. They are what produce the fruit. They're what grow the fruit. So our values in turn create actions, like the way we perceive the world, the things we value, in essence, our priorities make us act a certain way. And you can think about this with literally anything, business, uh, life, whatever. It's the same reason Emily is perfectly okay with saying no to things and other people would not be like she has values that put herself before others. And that awesome. is okay, but that is her value set. Okay. Right. And, but that can apply to a million and one things. So we all have these values. And I think we're even aware of these values. When we are talking about our business, we often will like make a list of our values and like what we want and the things that we prioritize, right? These are the things we're telling the world. But what we're not telling the world is what's below the values. It's what produced them in the first place. And those are roots. So in the tree, you have fruit, which come from your actions that are a result of the values you have. Now, your values are being fed by your deeply rooted beliefs. And the thing that is not talked about, or I do not hear said very often, is our deeply rooted beliefs are parented. 
So not necessarily by our parents. They can be. It can be the way our parents raised us, but the way society raised us, the social economic environment we grew up in, how we went to school, the people we hung out with, they were ingrained in us in very early developmental ages. I consider these like your gut reaction to things, right? Like the very first thing that you think of, feel, or say when something happens, positive or negative, whether you wanted that to be your reaction or not, I consider that kind of like your deeply rooted belief. Like it is so ingrained, it rolls off your tongue, and it takes training to change that, which is what you're going to talk about. Yeah. So I think that that's the amazing opportunity that you have. So often we think we're defining our values, but when you really, really think about it, our values come from what we already believe. And the only way to adjust our fruit or adjust our actions or adjust what is happening, all the results, we have to change our values, but we cannot change our values unless we change our beliefs first. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in, in this community, this man saw an opportunity at home. He was at home. He was the abuser in this situation, which I find so profound and so like self-aware that he didn't like it. He didn't like it just as much as everyone else in the household. He didn't like the tension, the anxiety, the just like how sad it was to be around everyone at home. And frankly, he didn't like his own behavior, but he didn't know any other way to act because of his deeply rooted beliefs. And it's not necessarily that his parents before him were abusers. That's not necessarily the case. His parents before him just taught him how you were supposed to parent, i.e. like be an authority figure. Yeah. Yeah. All of these other things. Right. And so that's how he thought he had to parent. And instead he was like, what if I valued something else entirely? What if I valued kindness and generosity and compassion instead of like what he thought was being a leader in his household? And so he decided to change his deep rooted belief system and things started changing almost immediately in their household. Mm-hmm. Which is shocking, but also not surprising. All comes from self-awareness. When we can untap what we actually believe and be willing to face that, we often have the ability to adjust those things. Do I think it will take time? Absolutely. You're at a stage in your life right now where it would take a lot of unlearning Mm -hmm. to replace what ultimately is your behavior. Yeah, but you can, and I'm not saying you should, but it maybe it depends on what it is that you want out right. of your life. There was something that was mentioned in one of our presentations during the summit. Our friend Andra was talking about how to sell high ticket premium services through sales calls. Yeah, and so she was talking about this new framework, and 
she had this exact same conversation about first, we need to address our beliefs specifically around money. So what are the beliefs that we're telling ourselves? What are those actions then that we're doing because we believe these things? And so she flipped the script on herself where, okay, if I believe that money is making money is selfish or selling is selfish or whatever, right? Whatever word you want to put there. Instead, if I change that belief to, I think selling is an act of love, like how differently can I go about doing this? And so quite literally now she fully believes because she had to take time to change her deep rooted beliefs that selling is an act of love and it's a service in and of itself. And she needs to do more of it because it, it literally is how she loves other people. And so because of that, like her business has changed, her teaching has changed all of these things. And so it can be as I don't want to say as simple because I, you know, it could take you years to, you know, master that, but one sentence, one reframe that you're just doing a tweak to here and there in your life and your business and your health and your relationships, I think can greatly, greatly impact you. Right. For sure. And I'm sure some of you are like, okay, if this one guy changed, but how did he ultimately affect the whole community? Essentially, he just taught other people to do this same exercise. People saw that things were different in his household and they wanted some of it. And mm-hmm. you've had this happen. It's in your business or in your life or whatever. Someone looks over your shoulder. The grass is always greener. And yeah. they're like, well, how do you do it? This is true. Like if anyone has like moved into a new neighborhood, right? If you like finally get to buy a house and you move into a new neighborhood and maybe like you repaint your house or you plant some new plants outside or whatever. And like, next thing you know, your neighbor's like picking up part of their yard and the person across the street is taking care of the trash or whatever. It's just this thing of like when other people start to see like change happening and positive behaviors happening, we all like, it feels good to do that. Yeah. And I mean, there's that pattern is, in any society all over the place. And it's a little bit weird when so much of us work online because we're not necessarily seeing the fruits of it. Like it's not your next door neighbor that's making these changes, but you can impact people in so many different ways. So like for me personally, I've been walking through this health journey and a lot of it. I mean, Emily and I have talked in the past long before I made the decision to change about our unhealthy relationship with food Mm -hmm. and like how that it was ingrained in us as children and all of that. So me making a change that's not a diet that is not like Mm -hmm. subject to the diet culture, but like me making a change that ideally is forever is impacting so many people. The amount of people who've just DM me and say, I get out and move more, or I, I went and ran today, or I drank more water today, or I tried a new vegetable. I was like nervous to try, or I hadn't tried since childhood, or I lost 20 pounds or 50 pounds. Like you don't know your impact unless you ask, first of all, but often you'll never necessarily see it But I just love that you have so much control, so much more control than you have given yourself over the years. So the story that I want to share with you, this is an episode from the podcast called Criminal. And I love this podcast. First of all, it's short and sweet. It's really easy to listen to. And it's not like as 
gory or scary or whatever as a lot of true crime podcasts. It's not even really true crime. It's kind of a different take on things that are just literally illegal. Um, so sometimes there's like an episode with someone who used to be a pirate, like an actual pirate, <laughs> or someone who like figured out a hack in the system that is now illegal or whatever. So this particular story is the Buddha of Oakland. So there was this gentleman who lived in Oakland, California. He still lives there, him and his wife lived there for a really long time. And the neighborhood just has a lot of crime and there's graffiti, there's trash, there's crime. And then a particular spot right across the street from his house, people started using like the strip of lawn as like a dumping ground. So like one person would put their trash there. And then next thing you know, there's like mattresses there and people are like burning trash and it's just like this obscene pile of garbage. And so of course he like does what he tries to do to like pick it up, call the city, try to get it like gone, but the opportunity is still there. And so he decides him and his wife are like talking about it and they decide to put something in the lawn that maybe can kind of deter people from putting garbage there. They had really no idea the impact that this would have. So she goes to the store just to like ace hardware and picks out a statue of a Buddha, just a regular concrete Buddha. And so he gets this Buddha and he like hollows out the base, puts in a rod and concrete and like puts it into the ground so it can't be stolen, first of all. But he figures it out, puts it in like kind of around this trash and it's just this raw concrete Buddha. Well, then some time goes by and someone comes in and paints the Buddha, like delicately paints it. And then someone comes by and like brings the Buddha a gift where ultimately like months and months and months pass by. And it's at the point now, it's been years now where the Buddha is still there. It's been upgraded. There are literal shrines and another Buddha and another statue. There's no garbage. It is now a, like a praying space for people who want to hang out with Buddha and the effects of like, literal crime drop. I was trying to pull up an actual article that talked about the percentage. They talk about it on the podcast. I can't remember it, but like crime decreased, vandalism decreased, graffiti decreased, everything. Like his block is like amazing. And so it's just so funny. Like he had no intention. He's not even a religious man. Like he has no inclination to go pray to Buddha or talk to Buddha, but he kind of felt like maybe you're not going to put trash around Buddha. Like maybe that kind of feels weird and bad. And it did. (laughs) I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift. 
then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com slash shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I just think it's so interesting that it can apply in so many areas. And and some of it is other people will just see your actions, but I think other people do over time, they get whim of what your belief system is. And I think that is probably the most powerful when you can let people into your like all the way in. If people just see your actions, they're just seeing like, the third tier, right? But when you can let someone into your belief system, there's so much power there. But let's talk about how this might work in terms of business because, I mean, we are a business podcast, right? Uh, (laughs) But I think the most uncomfortable thing for people generally relates to money generally relates to pricing or selling the act of putting yourself out there. I want you to think back in the day, because this is not something that happened last week. This is something that happened when you were five years old and your mom told you, no, you couldn't buy that thing at the store. (laughs) This was the thing that was said when you drove by a nicer house than you lived in, or you saw a nicer car than your parents could afford. What were the literal words that were spoken into you? Like, and it's not that anyone made a mistake along the way, but we all, we learned this from our mamas and our mamas learned it from their mamas and so on and so on and so on. And so like these things go back generations in some cases. And when you think about it, I don't know if everyone's grandparents, but I know my grandparents lived through the Great Depression. So they lived through the Great Depression and then they had children and their children learned all of their behaviors from them. So like, for instance, Jared's grandmother to this day will not throw a piece of tinfoil away. (laughs) She will scrape the crusty cheese off of it, wash it. And store it in the dishwasher because that's where you store foil, clearly. (laughs) She used to save the meat trays. Like when the meat came on the styrofoam, she would save the styrofoam. Ugh. I'm like. This is all gross to me out. I don't know where that's been. But like, (laughs) 
those behaviors like rub off on people. And so I remember this story of my husband in, he was probably in second or third grade. He refused to go to recess, straight up refused to go to recess. Everyone thought there was a problem, like a big problem. And he said, I just don't want to get my shoes dirty. We can't afford new shoes. And that wasn't true. Like they could afford new shoes, but because of the environment he was raised in and the environment his grandparents had instilled on his parents and they were still alive. So they're still impacting him. He didn't think they had enough. Mm -hmm. And so that will affect the way you do business. If you constantly have this feeling of, I don't have enough. Well, and I think like, and this is a separate conversation, not necessarily about business. This was brought up. Oh, it's just reminding me of it a couple months ago, but the conversation about how we're raising our kids to think about money. Right. And there's even conversations about how, like, you know, the traditional thing is getting a piggy bank and like teaching your kid to like put some coins in there and put some cash in there and save money for something. But even how that is like kind of problematic where like you're teaching them just to hoard and save, but like, what's the alternative? Like what's the easy way for toddlers to understand that like things cost money, but like we can save money and we can choose what we spend on money, but you also have to have it to spend it. And this, that, like there's so many different variations of what you could be talking about with money. Like even I caught my husband just a couple of weeks ago. I can't even remember what it was. It was something, oh, um, Penny's obsessed with boats and trains and cars and all of these things. And so she saw this uh, truck with a trailer, with a boat on the trailer. Just we were driving on the street. She saw this boat and she thinks that like she can look at it and she'll just say like, we should buy that. I want to buy that because I want that boat. She, of course, like obviously doesn't fully understand what that means. And so Brian like said something like, oh, you know, or she asked like why we didn't have a boat or something. And he's like, oh, we, we don't have a boat because they cost a lot of money. And I said, oh, well, we don't have a boat because we choose not to have a boat. And like, it doesn't make sense for us to have one because we get to use our family's boats and like, that's great. And so I like tried to spin it in the sense of like, I don't want her to think that, oh, we can't have things if things cost a lot of money because like right. our house costs a lot of money, her school costs a lot of money, but we have those things because we prioritize that or we save for that or whatever. But it, so it's kind of a similar way of like retraining your way of thinking mm-hmm. in the sense of how am I going to raise my own child mm-hmm. to have a good relationship with money? Well, as she gets older, I think you should, uh, well, who knows what it'll be like five years from now. But <laughs> if you have kids right now, I, I've heard about this app. I don't know the name of it, but I can tell you who told me about it. So I follow Tara Tahusen on Instagram and she talks about all things, everything. Like literally everything. <laughs> she she has no niche other than lifestyle, I suppose. But she has a lot of tech stuff on her blog. But she specifically was talking about this app that you can use with your kids. And I think the interesting thing about it is it almost makes more sense than trying to do it the way our parents did it. Because who has cash, really? Like you have to learn how to manage money when you can only see a number, not Mm -hmm. necessarily because you have the physical money. So you can pay like a, oh, what's the word? Well, for chores, but like not necessarily um, 
an allowance. Uh, yes. So you could pay an allowance or you could pay for them to do certain things. Like, so like if you go clean the counter or do your laundry or whatever, I'm not saying those are the perfect examples, but you could pay specific amounts for certain activities that are above and beyond the normal. And you don't necessarily have to just give them money, but you could. And then it goes into their account and they get to decide how it's distributed. So it has like a saving feature, like an amount that's kind of marked for spending and then a marked amount for donations of whatever kind you want, whether that be church or they have like a specific organization they want to help out. It earmarks their money and they kind of understand how to look at it in an app. They get a physical debit card, which I thought was cool. I'm sure there's a monthly fee. There has to be. Um, You could definitely do this with an actual bank. It's just a a little more automated and a little more kid friendly. I mean, I think it technically is a bank. But anyway, look it up. Tara Tahusen. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. But I agree. You... (laughs) I'm not a mom yet, but I already worry about the things I say in front of my (laughs) nephew. And he is three months old. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, just with any, like with any parenting thing, when you're talking about discipline or eating or sleeping, literally anything, this is kind of one of those conversations that Brian and I really haven't talked about on how are we going to tackle? Because he definitely thinks about money in a completely different way than I think about money. And you know, how do we find a happy medium on getting penny there? And so, but also like, if you do want to change how you, like, you don't right, want to carry right. on your beliefs, right? how right. do you adjust so that? I need to, like acknowledge what mine are and then change them and then foster better relationship. Like it's a lot. It's kind of stressful, <laughs> but it really just, I know it's stressful, but like, if you can think about it is really just three stages. I really do think that helps. Yeah. Like having a belief system that adjusts your values, i.e. your priorities. And if you act upon your values and priorities accordingly, then your actions will follow. So with that being said, like if it's overwhelming, sure, because they're ingrained like deep in your psyche, but there is possibilities for you to change them. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of resources I want to shout out also. I do think listening to that criminal episode would be really helpful. Are there any resources where you can learn, they can learn more about that gentleman in the um, neighborhood? Yeah. So you can definitely look up Danielle Strickland. She's an author. She wrote The Ultimate Exodus. Um, I don't know if that would include information on this particular talk, but you could definitely, definitely look up the Global Leadership Summit. They have a ton of resources and they might have a preview of her talk from this year. I'm not sure. Some of that's like behind paywalls and some of it's free. I'm not sure what they chose to share or not, but either way, I have loved going to that summit the last three years and have gotten a lot of value from it. And it's not necessarily business. It's like a leadership focus. Um, And so I definitely would check that out. Um, I also think it's worth checking out the Life Coach School podcast from Brooke Castillo. She has uh, done a lot of work on this kind of hierarchy of stuff, right? Like beliefs and actions and feelings and goes a little bit more in depth on like 
which comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of scenario. And like, so which one do you really need to like hone in on first in order to change the surface level things that you want to change quickly, but other things have to change first. And so uh, her podcast was immensely resourceful for me in the very beginning stages of going out on my own and like not really believing in myself fully and not really understanding like, why isn't everyone super supportive or like helping me out or whatever? Um, it kind of helped me reframe a lot of stuff. So especially if you're in that headspace, I highly recommend listening to it. Is there anything else you want to add? Just just do it, kids. I mean, do it, kids. I, I believe that you have so much power within you And I know that sounds really hokey, but like, I didn't believe how much I had the ability to change until I started making changes. And I still have a long way to go from where I want to be in a lot of different areas of my life, but it is possible. And so go out and do it. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.